You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For a long, long time, this felt like the most unlikely outcome when it came to defensive tackle Chris Jones. But the Chiefs on Tuesday agree ahead of the deadline, the Wednesday deadline. They agreed to a new contract to Chris Jones for four years, reportedly $85 million. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com with my deputy editor, John Dixon. An emergency podcast for you guys. John, uh, I want to get to your reaction here in a second. It looked like ESPN's Chris Mortensen was the first with this news, and then shortly after, Ian Rappaport had some details. If you want to be a team that not only makes a Super Bowl and wins a Super Bowl, but gets back to the Super Bowl, you got to keep your really, really good players. Obviously, the Chiefs a couple weeks back did that with Patrick Mahomes, signed him that huge, huge deal, and the plan always was to handle their quarterback first, the best player on their team and the best player on their offense, and then turn their attention to their franchise-tagged defensive tackle, the best player on their defense. And obviously this is something that Chris Jones has wanted for some time. There was a question last year, was he going to show up for minicamp? Was he going to show up for training camp? He handled it. He showed up. He played his best in some of their biggest games despite battling some injuries. He waited and waited an unbelievable amount of times for Patrick Mahomes to get done, sat through a pandemic, and finally, just moments ago, agrees to terms on a four-year, $85 million deal, $60 million guaranteed at signing, just a massive, massive haul for their massive defensive tackle. And, of course, for everyone else who's kind of waiting for the franchise deals to get done, we'll see how many actually get done. The Chiefs got two big ones done in a couple weeks. What's wild to me is if you look at this player, it really seemed like a case where the player was going to have to bend, but in the end, he stayed firm enough that the Chiefs were able to finally give him that average number that he wanted, which was $21 million. There are some incentives built in with the $5 million, but reports say Chris Jones will get $60 million guaranteed for injury. $37 million is due at signing. John, your reaction to this deal? I know you were on it for our website today. Well, I first want to say that when you uh, went on your vacation the week ago, <laughs> Saturday, you said, oh, it'll be no problem. There won't be any Chiefs news while I'm gone. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome for that. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. For, I feel bad for you because... You had to come back in last Monday and Tuesday what, with the Mahomes yeah. contract what's and been, now this. What's been a wild stretch here at AP to pull the curtain back for you. It's hard to take any kind of vacation during the NFL calendar year because everything right. happens where there's free agency, the draft. This usually is a safe point. So I <laughs> arranged it. Last Monday was supposed to be to this Monday. I end up working the two Mahomes days, Monday, Tuesday, thinking, okay, Wednesday to Tuesday will be all right. I'll come in Wednesday. That'll be deadline day. If Jones is going to happen, it'll be on deadline day. Nope. Back a day early with you, John, but it is for good reason. I, I'm happy to be back when it's to cover news like this. 
Well, and I'm sure that the fact that I took a vacation during draft weekend last year had nothing at all to do with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just certain of it. Well, anyway, yeah, it's a great day to be a Chiefs fan. It's a great year to be a Chiefs fan. That is, if you don't account for the pandemic and all the uncertainty that it causes. Uh, this, is a, this is a great deal, an unexpected deal, just like the Mahomes deal last week. No signing bonus in this contract, which almost no one would have predicted. And I think your analysis is, is pretty close there, that Jones basically got what he wanted in this deal, which was to have bragging rights to be among the league's top paid players. And the Chiefs figured out a way for it to work for him. Yeah, some key news here from Therese Paler. I'm just going to read the tweet. Does a fantastic job for Yahoo Sports, formerly of the Kansas City Star. He said, Jones will make a true $20 million per year in the first three years of the deal. He's also told it includes $60 million in guarantees, and he won't take a signing bonus. Last week, he said that Kansas City needed to get closer to Jones's number, and Jones had to be open to something creative. Both happened. And I think back to last week to John with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, we've lauded him almost at nauseam to having a good head on his shoulder and, and really understanding how the business works. He understands he's in a better position to hashtag run it back if Chris Jones is on the team. He didn't necessarily need to delay his extension for two years, but by keeping the same salary cap, for the next two seasons in Mahomes' new contract to the 12-year deal total. This allowed Brett Veach to have some creativity with Chris Jones and to pay him what would have been the franchise tag number this year. We said $37 million due at signing, $60 million in guarantees total. And you look at if he fulfills everything with incentives, you know, 85 divided by four, that's $21 million. That is the number that Jones felt he needed to be. Jones doesn't take that traditional signing bonus. So not only does this say a lot about Brett Veach to me and Chris Jones, but it also says to me a lot about all of these guys and the rarity that is they understand while they want to get paid, they're willing to take these non-traditional contracts to ensure that they give themselves the best possible chance to go back to back here. You know, another thing that struck me today is how often things that ought to be just plainly obvious, and then we think they aren't obvious anymore, and then things that we take for granted based on our speculation about how players feel about things gets ingrained in us, and we take them as facts when maybe they aren't. Right after the 2018 season finished, we knew that the Chiefs were talking to Jones about a, a five-year, $100 million deal. Now, there was some reporting, perhaps it was just speculation, that the Chiefs had actually offered a $17 million a year deal to Jones. I've never been able to find a source for that, actually. And that was a year ago. And then they do the franchise tag, that's for $16 million, And they end up making a deal for uh, $21.25 million when you count the signing bonuses in there. So maybe they haven't really been that far apart all along. It's just been a question of making it all work. There were all these other things that took place in between. Right. We had the, uh, the drama with Tyreek Hill. We had the trade for Frank Clark, the, uh, the signing of Tyron Matthew. All of these guys were very important 
to the Chiefs championship season. And the Chiefs did well to get them all the way they did. And as, as Rappaport noted, uh, Jones had to wait through all of that. And at the end, he ends up making pretty much what we thought he was going to make over a year ago. And uh, it doesn't really appear that we were right when we speculated that maybe the presence of Frank Clark on the team means that uh, Jones is destined to be gone in a year or two. It turns out the Chiefs wanted both of them all along. Yeah, I think that's the biggest narrative flip that we get. And it's something that I always will say when you're trying to figure out what the Chiefs feel or how they feel about a certain player, watch the moves. And everything to this mm-hmm. point, to be fair, as we analyze this thing, basically was saying the Chiefs don't feel Chris Jones is worth that amount of money. I mean, every action to this point, And this right. was a complete narrative flip where if they're willing to dish out this much cash, what that says is they really do feel strongly about the type of player Chris Jones is. Our, our AP lab guys have, do a fantastic job. They've noted correctly that Chris Jones from time to time will freelance because he felt like, well, if he needs to get more money, the only way to do that is to compile these sacks. And sometimes he would go away from his assignment and whatnot. Now I think even with this deal, it puts the faith in Jones to say, okay, this team really respects you as a player. And with that whole process in his mind where, oh, I have to get sacks, I have to get sacks, now he's taken care of. This will probably make him a better role player for the Chiefs It's the, if that's what he's called upon. I just think this is a win-win. We know the caliber of player. It's nice to see someone who loves Kansas City this much, and that's genuine. I talked to him at the Super Bowl. That really felt genuine, that he loves this city, loves this fan base. He, he loves this team, his teammates. Uh, Patrick Mahomes tweeting out uh, the gif of Carlton saying, got my boy locked up. He's yeah. in lockstep with, with Chris Jones. This felt like the only negative as far as vibes and tension around this team. And with this deal, there's not one thing that you could point to and say, well, we got to see how this, this is the last straw, so to speak, and what was to be this attempt here to go back to back. I think you're right to say that you pay attention to the teams, the moves the team makes. And the problem is that sometimes it's hard to tell what the actual move is. Right. You know, uh, all this time goes by when there's no apparent movement in the conversation doesn't necessarily mean that nothing's going on. And it may be that despite the reports that they hadn't talked since March, that they've been talking all along. It's just been a question of making it work, making it work after the Mahomes contract. Once they were certain they could get Mahomes numbers down to the same level in 2020 and 2021 as they were before on his rookie contract, then the way was clear for them to sign the deal with Jones. Yeah, that's the narrative adjustment, I think, here. Rather than it being the Chiefs choosing Frank Clark over Chris Jones, what it, I think, might have been and was just overlooked by myself and all of us, admittedly, say everybody. Yeah. was the fact that maybe it was simply as, well, we're about to pay the richest contract in NFL history. We have to figure out what that number is first before we can even make you any kind of offer. Right. And that seems like what it really was in in the long run because it's not one of these things where they're signing him for two years. This is a four-year deal. That's a commitment to a player. Like I look at that and I say, okay, this is someone that they really see as part of their future. And we'll see what happens after this deal. Chris Jones is 26. When this ends, he'll be 30 years old. But 
to commit to a guy which is going to be in his prime, that's, that's a good enough long-term commitment to say, okay, Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs really, in fact, do respect what Chris Jones brings to the table. They don't find him replaceable because this is not the type of contract that you give necessarily to a replaceable player. And Chris Jones, as I said, is all in. Patrick Mahomes tweeting out, and y'all thought we couldn't. Never mind, run it back. Chris Jones <laughs> quote tweets, it says big facts. Then he says, let's go. The dynasty continues, run it back. Hashtag sack nation, which is what he's come up with for him and Frank Clark and anyone who gets a sack on this team leading the way there. And that's awesome. I, I think this is kind of turning it back to the days. I know our, our guy Ron Kopp is, is working on an article where you're starting to feel like that history, even on the other side of the ball, where they're building a really good defense in Kansas City with the ability to get to the quarterback is sort of returning here. I'm thinking back to the Houston and Halle and DJ days, Eric Berry with that vibe that maybe Tyron Matthew goes. Some respect on the defensive side of the football. Last thing I want to say you know, we looked at the offseason at the beginning of this thing, and the Chiefs had a lot of moves to get done mm-hmm. and not a lot of money to work with. And mm-hmm. I know that Brett Feach always credits his guys, Brant Tillis and Chris Shea, but this trio, I want to say dynamic duo, but really it's a dynamic trio. They had the beginning of this offseason with question marks on key guys, Sammy Watkins, Bashad Breeland, Demarcus Robinson, Mike Pinnell, MV Pinnell, everyone's favorite player. Chris Jones, question marks. They had to get Patrick Mahomes' deal done. All these guys were key in the Super Bowl run. The only guy you really lose who was more of a role player than anything else down the stretch is Kendall Fuller, and you're getting Juan Thornhill back. The rest of these question marks, Breland, Watkins, Robinson, Pinnell, Jones, Mahomes, everybody is extended or signed at least for one year. And for what it's worth, everyone is from the outside looking in, happy and ready to go after this thing. Just a tremendous, tremendous job by the Chiefs front office in what was, or at least appeared to be, an impossible task. It really felt like there was no way in hell that they were going to be able to bring all of these guys back. You mentioned all of those things, and I would point out that I believe the Chiefs have now signed eight players to veteran salary cap, uh, veteran salary benefit contracts in this offseason, all of which have put the Chiefs uh, in possession of some good players that they're getting for minimum money. Um, I noticed this tweet earlier from uh, CBS Sports that Brett Feach is the executive of the year and the season hasn't even started yet. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if, if you look at this team – and they're mostly the same starters as last season. Everyone says that 20 of 22 number, but it's true. And you look at how muddled training camp is, how much are guys going to be able to work out? It doesn't look like there's going to be any preseason games as far as I'm concerned. To return this team with these players, with the amount of key guys that you were able to bring back, and really the morale. There's, Like I said, I I think that's such a key part of it. There's nobody that's going to have a gripe as far as players, or at least you would think, and maybe some of the guys that are are on the fringe of making this team, like maybe you can make a case, okay, Breland speaks, Dorian O'Daniel, maybe they're upset about what where their roles are. But I mean, that is minute stuff compared to some of the tasks that you had to accomplish when this offseason began. So the Chiefs are in really good shape. John, I'll turn it to you. Any last words before we close down this emergency Supercast podcast thing? Uh, we really need to get a siren for these things. Yes. You know, we'd start off at the beginning. There's no doubt about make it. Make it clear that it is an emergency and we're coming on unexpectedly. So just so the listeners are clear on that right from the get-go. 
Well, Chris Jones, four years, $85 million. He gets the contract with the Kansas City Chiefs as the team tries to run it back. Stay with the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network as the Arrowhead Pride Laboratory will dig even deeper on this on Wednesday. We'll be back with you for one editor's show on Thursday, and then we'll figure out what we will do from there. But a lot of good content coming your way. Head over to ArrowheadPride.com. We will have Chris Jones content on the way. For John Dixon, I'm Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. We thank you for listening.